Count us in. <laughs> Drew, you got a new car? That's nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, podcast money finally hit. Ooh, this boy got. Let me tell you about what Drew got. Drew, tell us what car you got. Let's just brag a little bit. This ain't bragging, but I mean, the Lord loves to prosper. Go ahead. No, tell no, us no, about it, Drew. Don't do that. Tell us about <laughs> Drew. What'd you that. get, Drew? What'd you get, Drew? Intern, Drew, what kind of car you got? I don't like how you're saying it. Just, just tell us. First of all, I would not have gotten this car uh-huh. if the Lord hadn't provided. Uh,. With a, a wreck that totaled my previous car. Right. Perhaps. Yeah. So this isn't a splurge. Okay. This is a necessity. Mm. Okay, go ahead. Well, it's a 2024 Honda Civic hatchback. Nice. And nice. my first response yesterday was... It's 2023 It's not, right even, <laughs> that's not even this year. Like, how's that pot? Is this, is this a car? Answer the question. Is this a car from the future? Um, it might be. I don't know if I can trust that car if it's already lying about its age. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, I will say it's nicer I've, than One time I met a girl who lied about her age. I couldn't <laughs> trust her either. So. Proud of you, man. Thanks. Uh, I have no money, so my yeah. last car yeah. was a 2011. Mm-hmm. When'd you get that? What year? 2016. Mm, okay, that's that's a that's an understandable amount of time. So I like how you said 2011. Do you know what year my car is? What year is your car? 2011. <laughs> really? Thanks, okay. bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> Which is is good, but we've come a long way. It turns out. Oh man. So it like. I haven't figured out why. Every red light, the engine just turns off. Mm. And it turns back on when I go to drive again. And I'm like, why do you keep... I haven't figured that out. Yep. Um, if I even think about getting close to a lane, a different lane, it is... Without like, the blinker. Yeah, you know. You better not, you know? I'm telling you, I don't like when the government tells me what to do, nor do I like when my car tells me what to do, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's way, it, it's way smarter than me, which I don't love. Would this car have prevented the wreck that you had on Sunday? I've been thinking about that. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. So AI may or may not have It's hard to it. say. Mm-hmm. But because also, you got to think, like, I'm still really foggy brain from, yeah, from yeah, all yeah. that. That was a Drew had a, an accident on the way to church to rehearsal on Sunday and then hopped in and played in the second service. And, by the way, really did okay. I missed one. I know I made one mistake. That I was like, that was stupid. But yeah. other than that, it was pretty good. Pretty good. The Lord was glorified. It was a good day. Sunday it was, was a very good day. good day. Yeah. Sunday was a great day. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Welcome back. I like that we've landed on it. There we go. Then we're done. It's back. It's back. That's the one. Let's go. This is Continued Conversations. <laughs> I'm your host, Drew Mercer. This is Pastor Ben Nelson. That's we're me. here with episode 10. Oh, bro. Double when digits. do we stop? Do we ever stop counting? Like, like saying it out loud? Like, I mean, obviously we put it like in the episode thing. I was going to say at some point I'm going to forget, but then we like have the Dropbox that has 
mm-hmm. the folder yeah, yeah, yeah. so I do know it before yeah, episode 10. it happens. So I don't know. Episode 10. It does feel small enough, though, that you can still say the episode number, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, at some point, I don't know, maybe like in the years we change them. Like, and I don't know. I don't know if we do. We don't, cause we're not doing seasons. We're just continuing, yeah, it right? It just goes. Like, we're going to go to like episode 1,000, right? We're not going to. Yeah, I mean. We're not going to stop. Okay. Yeah. So. Let's keep counting them. All right. Always. Always and forever. But we don't have to say it. I think we should. Just from now on. So in like we 15 made, years. Yeah. They're like, man, did you watch bro, episode 4,767? It's still going in 15 years. But we're either Something rich or we're still broke. One of the two. Yeah. We're really holding on up to this podcast. 15 years from now, um, your current car will be the age of what my current car is to me now. Yeah. And what my previous car was to me on Saturday. Correct. So. All right. What we talk about on Sunday, Ben? Sunday. Sunday, we... Great day. Great. Oh, my gosh. What a good day. Really good day. Really good day. Which is funny. I didn't... Just uh, uh, a note to pastors, like, even when you don't feel like you're doing a great job, like, sometimes it's a good day for people. Like, like I felt a little out of it, didn't feel great, a little under the weather, and just like, eh, I was okay. And man, like, people were just, like, God did some things in people's mm-hmm. lives on Sunday, which was really cool. Um, so Sunday, we're still in a sermon series called The Jesus Church. First four weeks, we talked about Jesus' last prayer in John 17, and then we were supposed to go to the early church this week. Um, but I just realized we were kind of skipping over a really important three years, which was Jesus' ministry on earth. Who was it that Jesus attracted to him? And I think that's uh, there, that plays some kind of role within the Jesus Church of who we attract. And Jesus really attracted two groups of people, and we see this right before he preaches the Sermon on the Mount, that he called some disciples, and they were devoted, and then other people came to him who were desperate for miracles. So we identified that there's two really groups of people that come before Jesus, either those who are devoted or those who are desperate, and how both of those groups of people lead uh, to the to the realization that there's no other way, right? Desperate people have realized there's no other way, so mm-hmm. I'm coming to Jesus. And the disciples and the other devoted realize there's no other way, right? Um, you know, devotion, I mean, desperation often brings us to Jesus. Devotion often keeps us there. And so right. it was a really good day. So we just kind of challenged people that if we were not desperate or devoted to become one of the two, if not both, and um, we see results in, in those kinds of things. So it's a really good Sunday. Uh, we were in lots of, we talked about the four friends, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood, we talked about the calling of the early disciples, we talked about the Sermon on the Mount, we had lots of passages, right. um, which why I think it filled, it filled a little convoluted to me. It was a classic uh, Ben Nelson message, I think. Really? Lots of twists and turns. See, to me, it felt at first a little convoluted, but it all came together in the end. Oh, it so, did, 100%. Yeah, so it was good. Yeah, it was 100%. a good day. Good day. Also, so, um, I think we've said this before the youths bro have been going bananas in 1045 listen listen collective of students man front row always baby i need you front row always i'm gonna make yeah. ba- i'm gonna make jameson rachel and the rest of the band like quick start yeah like you can't even you put can't yourself on the front rows bro no. all students and, awesome. and, and what's was even crazier was saturday was homecoming really everybody was out and then they still and they came back they came, br- they came back and they brought it bro they were there ready to go yeah. Love it, man. Love our student ministry. Um, super excited about this this Sunday night's charge night for them, so it'll be really good. Cool. So, All right, let's hop in. You ready? Here we go. Let's go. Here we go.
All right, question one. All right. At the end of Mark 5, after Jesus raises the young girl, why does he tell them not to let anyone know about it? So, um, what's really interesting about the book of Mark is there is what's something that's called the messianic secret, that is like a motif that is often encompassed within the book of Mark. And in the book of Mark, often Jesus will say that phrase, like, don't tell anybody, Mm -hmm. don't tell anybody. And um, it's something that's asked questions a lot about. There's kind of a couple popular thoughts on it. One that's really popular is like timing, that Jesus is very aware of the proper time Mm -hmm. for his reveal as the Messiah and things like that. And we we know that even going back to like Jesus's first miracle, right? To John 2, he looks at, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Jesus looks at, at Mary and says, like, woman, my time hasn't come yet, right? So he's very aware of timing. And so some people and theologians believe that, like, he's, he doesn't want his message to, of, of him to be in the wrong timing. Mm-hmm. And so that's often something that goes along with that messianic secret that people will talk about within the book of Mark. Um, the second kind of thought is uh, his focus on teaching um, that we see this in other gospels as well. When he does a, a big public miracle, mm-hmm. um, it really gets in the way of him being able to do what he, one of the things he came to do, and the, I'd say even the main thing he came to do, which was to make, to to pour into his disciples, I mean, outside of his death and resurrection, obviously, right. was to pour into the disciples because he was going to hand off the gospel to them. And so his teaching was really important. And lots of times when we see a miracle, then you would see Jesus say things like, and then they got in a boat and were on the other side of the lake, right? Because mm-hmm. like just too much happening in that moment. And so um, uh, by not publicizing these miracles, Jesus could have like better managed the crowds possibly, mm-hmm. um, things like that, because teaching was really important to him, that opportunity to teach and things like that. Um, another popular thought about why Jesus said this was, um, avoiding misunderstandings. So if you ever played the phone tel- telephone, we've joked about this, but um, it's where you tell somebody something, they tell somebody something, they tell somebody something, and by the end it has changed, right? And especially when it gets around wild things, right? <laughs> like miracles, like the details will be changed mm-hmm. before they get very far. And Jesus could have been cautious um, not to be misunderstood. I'll give a, a clear example of this is a true true story. Um, I'm going to keep out names and places because, well, I mean, it's just not my story to tell. And it's a pretty popular person. There was a uh, a speaker who I'm friends with who spoke at conferences and camps and stuff like that. And he spoke within a denominational line that a, a large amount of that denomination um, would have been um, uh, uh, cessationist, meaning that they believed that the gifts a lot of the gifts and the things the Holy Spirit ended with the apostles, okay? So mm-hmm. so um, big miracles, speaking in tongues, right. things like that, aren't a thing of today, ended with the apostolic age. And so he was kind of in this camp, and this is where he spoke into things like this. And But God had been working on him internally. The Holy Spirit had been working in his life and, and saying, like, do you want to see me do miraculous things? And he had seen some things in his family, but kept it very private. And one day he was speaking at this camp, this conference, and at this conference with multiple different camps happening, and he's walking through a very public space at lunchtime, and there's a lady who's in a wheelchair, and she's there for some women's conference within this same kind of denominational line, and um, he's walking past her, and he says, I very her, clearly heard God, God tell me that I should pray for her to walk, and he's like, I don't, 
no, I don't want to, <laughs> right? Because of where he is and stuff like that. And God was right. like, you need to go do it. And I've heard the story from him. I've heard the story from his brother. And I've heard the story from the leader of the conference he was speaking at. So he goes back and he says, hey, I would like to pray for you. Would you like to walk? And the lady, very nice, was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, I'd like to walk. But she's a good Christian woman. It was there mm-hmm. for a woman's conference. She's like, but I prayed. God hasn't done that. I understand. You know, blah, blah, blah. And just kind of went through it. And he goes, right. he almost frustrated. He goes, I didn't say it was going to happen. I just want to know if you want to. Lately, when I've been praying, things have been happening. And I'm willing mm-hmm. to pray for you if you want to walk. So the lady was like, sure. My guy prays for her. And then she stands up and walks. And everyone who's outside eating lunch and have these sandwiches sees this and goes crazy. It's this right. amazing miracle. My buddy leaves, goes back. He's getting ready for a camp that night and walks in to being told he can't teach that camp that night. Because anyone who saw it and experienced it saw what it was. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I mean, it started spreading all over camp, right? right? To all these different groups by words of mouth. And if you didn't experience, you know, something I say often is, <laughs> but no eye has seen and no ear has heard. The church is quick to quote, right? But first to question, mm-hmm. right? Right? Like, mm-hmm. like, like we love God do something of the impossible. But when something impossible happens, we're the first ones to question right. that, right? So maybe there was some of that with Jesus doing the miracle that, like, I want people to experience this more than, like, rumors to spread mm-hmm. about this. I don't know. Um, and then the last would be um, faith. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a little bit of, um, you know, when Thomas says, I won't believe in Jesus unless I touch his hands, right? And then Jesus appeared before Thomas, and Thomas touches his hand and then believes. And then he says, blessed are you, Thomas. But even more blessed are those who believe and didn't see, mm-hmm. right? And so he knew there was about to be... Um, a faith that was to spread across the world and it would be accompanied by signs, miracles, and wonders. But we also didn't want faith to be reliant on our feelings and if we get what we want from God um, in the same way. Um, so those are some popular ways to answer that. I would go back, if I had to lean on one, I would say probably more timing. Jesus knew the timing that was important and things like that. But I just gave a lot of qu- answers. Okay, I have a silly follow-up. Okay. This is goofy for real. Okay, okay, goof. Um, no, goof this is also a Drew question. Okay. So, he says this a lot in Mark. Right. Do you think he is expecting the people who received the miracle to not? Because it's going to come up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, and so, I, like, someone's going to ask. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, for, oh, oh, for sure. You can't well, keep it a secret, really. Well, yeah, 100%. Well, well, the story that we're referring to here right. is literally a, a, a girl getting raised from the dead. So, I mean, yeah. it's going to happen. There's going to be some questions. I mean? um, but, uh, yeah, and, and may, yeah, no, I don't think There he, doesn't need to be a real answer there. I just think Yeah, I don't think that he, he expected people not to say anything. But I think he really, in that moment, wanted people to seek his face more than his hand mm. in a lot of ways. That's good. And so... Um, yeah, I think timing. It was timing. It was waiting yeah. for it. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Question two. All right, question two. How do we know the difference between letting God have our situation in faith and being irresponsible with our situations, especially when people around us view it as irresponsible? Um, I would first say you, you should 
find sound counsel. Um, uh, I would like to say, you know, brush off the haters and things like that, but you do want to be a good steward and responsible with what God gives you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Proverbs fifteen twenty two, it says, plans fail for lack of counsel, right? Um, but many advisors, but with somebody with lots of advisors succeed, right? Um, you need to surround yourself with the right people, not just those who are trying to hold you back, but people who, so I'd find pastors, I would find, um, if you're in a missional community, talk to your missional community about whatever that step of faith may be, be and make sure you're following faith and not feelings make sure you're doing this out of obedience instead of out of just something you want necessarily um and then i i would say um like don't follow your emotions what i mean by that is we say all the time emotions are a bad guide but they're uh, an okay gauge like it's a, a, that's okay to some degree um but at the same time also don't be halted by your fear so um if it's something that's a step of faith and it's fearful to do it um yeah don't let don't let fear get in the way of that either so my, my best advice would be find good sound counsel pray through it and if it's something that you feel like god is leading for sure then man you're gonna be blessed to do it like god's gonna god's gonna be faithful to his promise um if you're faithful to taking that step for sure yeah all right three tres are you ready i'm ready uh, considering the story of the four friends bringing the paralyzed man to Jesus, why is it easier to bring the guy on the side of the road to Jesus than it is to bring family? It is. They are exactly, well, and that's biblical. We'll get there in a second. But same <laughs> way, same reason many of us aren't weird about praying, or many people who at least are strong in their faith, I'll say, or, or mature in their faith, uh, it wouldn't really bother them to pray for a friend or pray for somebody, mm-hmm. um, but that like, but to pray with their wife, they'd be like, Ugh, I don't know, like it's just harder. Um, pray for family. I, I make joke all the time at Thanksgiving. I always get asked to say the prayer, <laughs> right? And um, I'm like, no, I, you know, I'm a professional prayer. Y'all, <laughs> y'all can't, y'all can't have my prayers. Let somebody else practice today. Um, or when I was a worship leader, and everybody like, let's go do karaoke. I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> this is what I do for a living. Yeah. We're good. We're good. No, um, but there's something about family, and I, I'll tell you what I think it is. I think it's familiar. Fam- how would you say the word? Familiarity. Familiarity. Watch out. Prayer language okay. about to come out, bro. Um, we're too familiar with each other. <laughs> That's what we would say, right? Um, they've seen you at your lowest. They've seen you at your best and your worst they've seen you when you were little they've known you as like little drew little ben right like they've known these things so it's so hard because there is no facade there at all um and and we see this um in mark 6 it talks about a prophet is not without honor um except often within its hometown with its relatives um jesus himself in matthew um 10 talks about how uh, we think of Jesus as the God of peace and the gospel is a gospel of peace, but there's one area where it often will become divisive, and that's within the homes of people who accept the gospel if no one else within the home accepts the gospel. But I will say, I will say all of that is not an excuse that Scripture tells us that our family or our oikos, our sphere of influence, is so important. And I believe that Satan attacks us mentally and spiritually 
within those relationships, especially when it comes to sharing the gospel or bringing them to church, uh, puts up things that make us stop doing it because he realizes we have so much influence in those areas that when people decide to include their family within their spiritual influence, things change. Mm-hmm. Things change like fast. The um, um, It's interesting when men become to Christ and begin to take some spiritual leadership roles in their families. It's crazy the percentage of the family that comes to Christ out of their yeah. out of their um, desire to not just know God but to lead others there as well. So um, it is harder. It should not be overlooked. Um, and I think the reason usually for you're finding spiritual attack in an area most often is because that's a dangerous place for uh, in a good way a danger against Satan and for the kingdom of God. And so if you find it hard to invite your uncle, your brother, your son, your daughter, your sister, your wife, um, it's probably because, man, like, it's going to be received. God's going to do something great through it. So don't avoid it. Mm. Um, Just know that that's where the enemy attacks often. Um, So bring your friends, but also bring your family. So for sure. Yeah. Good. All right. Last one. Last one. Give us a drum roll. In context of John 10, some things feel bad because they are bad. Mm -hmm. Some things feel bad because they're pushing us to grow. Mm -hmm. How do you discern between things of God that are from God and things of God that are from a thief? Mm. That's sort of playing on what you were saying. Yeah, so John 10 that they're referring to, we talked to on Sunday, Jesus says, I am the door or the gate. And he's giving this analogy about sheep coming into a pasture, the pastures being the benefits of God for his people. And then he goes on and says, there's another, uh, others will come robbers and thieves. They'll offer you the same benefits, but they're robbers and thieves. Right. And so, um, a lot of times what we identified on Sunday was sometimes the good things get offered to us from an enemy as well to distract us from the way. Right. Um, but this is saying the opposite saying like, sometimes we know it's wrong because of like, like it has, it has bad feelings around it, bad things Mm -hmm. around it. But sometimes life is hard, and that's not something we should avoid, right? And I talk, mm-hmm. we talk about this often, that adversity, um, how we handle adversity determines, like, our trajectory in a lot of ways, and it yeah. can be a springboard for opportunity. So handling our adversity well is really, really important. But what we missed in this is they're asking, like, how do we know if it's Satan or how do we know if it's um, something that, like a warning from God, like, don't do this, or if this is, like, Satan trying to get in the way of you doing something great. And the only way to do that actually shows us in John um, chapter 10, verse 27, when Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And then he starts referring to those robbers and those thieves more as a hired hand who don't care about the sheep. Right. And they don't know his voice because they don't know him. And so I would say, learn to know the father's voice. And that's more complicated than we have time for. But I'll give you one quick one. How do I know? God's voice versus Satan's voice, um, Satan almost always calls you by your actions. Mm. So he almost always like addresses you by your faults, by your failures, and by your actions. God always calls you by your name and reveals to you what your potential is, what you could be. It doesn't mean that he doesn't point out sins in our lives. We talked about that a few weeks ago, the difference in conviction and condemnation. But he shows us who we are created to be in Christ. And so if he's not, if the voice isn't calling you by your name, but it's calling you by your actions, it's probably not of God, yeah. right? Um, and it's probably Satan, which means that um, you should push forward and not be hindered by those things. 
Yeah. Good day. Good day. We did it. It's still recording. We did it. Yes. Episode 10. <laughs> 10. I don't 10. even have any more fingers. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. After this, we got to... After that, we're going toast. We'll figure it out. We don't have to. We've never done. We've that. never done. Never the done hand, the hand thing before. <laughs> so <laughs> now's a weird time to start, I guess. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we should start. Also, anyone listening to this has no idea what just happened. Yeah, they're like, what in the huh? world? Why are they just going? Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, we got a lot of growing to do on the podcast front. We're doing good. We're getting there. We're getting. There. We're figuring it out. Figuring it out. All right. Well. Well, what are we talking about next week? I don't know. Do we know what we're talking about? Yeah, next yeah. Week? <laughs> no, we are. We're talk- we are talking about the early church, the culture of the early church. We're talking about koinonia a little bit, about generosity a little bit. Um, we're going to look at, like, what was that culture of that early church that was first? How does that look like for us? And we'll realize really three things with God in community to the world. So, nice. it's going to be fun. Great All day. right. See you there. We'll see you next week. Have you seen that clip of what's his name? Was like, I have the biggest house in Arkansas. It's a mansion. Have you seen that? We're about to do like a reaction video. I'm excited about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I may have seen. Okay. So let's let's watch it together. Okay. No. 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 Wait, 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 wait. I don't like any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any of that. No.